Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Formers Roleplay in Disguise. Uh, this is the first episode. This is actually a recap episode. Uh, we've done a little bit of uh, of this arc. Um, this is a role-playing game that we're doing based off of Dungeons & Dragons, but not exactly Dungeons & Dragons, centered in the Transformers universe. Uh, it focuses around my character, uh, who's named Livewire, and a secondary character named Stag, along with several other characters uh, who are original and also pretty existing characters in uh, any continuity, including Generation 1, IDW, Transformers Prime, Transformers Animated, and a variety of different things that you'll see around. Um, this is our first episode officially released, but as I said earlier, we have been doing this for a while, kind of like a touch-and-go test start. So this episode is going to be more of a recap of things we've already done while also setting the scene for the rest of the series. Um, as far as uh, release goes, there is no set release schedule for this podcast, and uh, we're not going to have an introduction like this every single time we release this. Uh, this is just the first one we're putting out there, so we just wanted to say thank you for listening, and thank you for coming in and being interested in this. We hope that you enjoy it, and we hope that we can do a good job to help portray a brand new universe where interesting things happen, and you can fall in love with characters that already exist or ones that don't yet. We're not sure. I'm certainly not sure, because I'm not the DM. You're going to meet him in a minute. But uh, thank you for coming in and listening to us. And uh, we hope that you have a good time. And uh, we hope that you have fun listening to us pretending to play Dungeons and Dragons with giant transforming robots. <laughs> wow. That was that was good. That was all in one take. Thank you. Uh, I haven't so practiced. I just, I'm very good at public speaking. You sure? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I practiced like the first sentence and then the rest right. of it was all ad lib. All right. I'm an, well, I'm an English major. It's okay. It's okay. I'm just teasing. All right. So uh, let's, uh, we'll, we'll start real fast by uh, going around the table, uh, so to speak, even though we're in three different locations. But um, so I'm Justin. Uh, I am, I guess, what you would call the DM in this situation. So to, just to further elaborate real fast, I, we are, like I said, this is a, a pseudo D&D &D thing. I um, uh, This is sort of my first time DMing something. So I'm kind of, I've been studying up on D&D &D 5th edition. So I'm kind of pulling some things out of 5th edition, kind of throwing my own stuff in here. This is a very loose D&D &D light kind of inspired sort of thing. Well, but it's good. It is. I like. It's, it's good. It's meant for. It's meant to keep things interesting. But the main focus is supposed to be on the storytelling and the role play aspect of it. So there's enough there to keep things interesting and a little bit random and keeping us all on our toes. But still, not so much that we're getting into heavy rules and and metagaming and stuff like that. Uh, most of the stuff for the characters on their on their sheets has been a my design and balanced out to try to keep things from getting too crazy but uh other than that uh basic d20 rules are kind of applying uh but beyond being the dm uh i am also uh playing uh a character that is integral to the story by the name of uh, archive uh he is a a very small little uh intelligent guy who uh comes from a a secret organization known as the record which uh, you'll learn more about uh, as we recap things here. Um, and he has met up with Hanari's character. So we'll let Hanari take up uh, the next thing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself here and what you're doing and who your character is. Hey, 
Is it my turn? Yes, it's your turn. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was grabbing my dice. Ah. Sorry. I forgot that this was a role-playing game where we rely on dice, so I had yeah. to go and dig out some of that's, my dice. That's all right. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Hanari Solomon. I play the character uh, Livewire. She is a very uh, headstrong and rambunctious minibot who turns into a gun. And her uh, she has four arms that also turn into other guns. Because she, uh, her her backstory is that she she was originally something else, but uh, she was born with an abnormal. I say born like she's a human. Uh, she was forged uh, with an abnormality that caused her to generate an uh, excessive amount of charge, basically constantly to a point where she short circuits herself just by going about her daily business. So, uh, with her story, Perceptor found her and didn't really know what to do with her. So he brought her to Brainstorm and Brainstorm became Brainstorm and now she's a gun. <laughs> and uh, now she runs around doing like little side quests and stuff because she uh, she works for Prowl in Spec Ops because she was able to utilize her abilities and her extraneous charge to do a lot of things and get into a lot of places that a lot of other operatives of Spec Ops can't. Um, and uh, she's she has been doing doing that to an excessive point where she got in trouble for it very recently. So that's kind of where we're laying off. Uh, you'll learn a little bit more about what happened exactly in the recap. I'm not going to spoil that. But yeah, Archive, uh, no, not Archive, Livewire. They're like, uh, they work together very, very closely, um, pretty much like intertwined with their with their functions and running around and stuff. Like Archive is very important to Livewire, and I assume Livewire is very important to Archive. Um, so they're they're kind of like a two in one deal. Um, but uh, Livewire is she's she's pretty cool, and I, I hope that you like her. She is she is my daughter, and she she goes around and she zips and she's very fast and she's she's very hyper which I think is an interesting trait because I haven't played a hyper character before and I'm excited. <laughs> All right. And then finally, we have our newcomer who is actually joining us for the first time with this session. Uh, Gabe, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your character, Stag? All right. So I'm Gabe. Uh, I've actually played TND a little bit here and there. So I'm very familiar with him. Uh, my character, Stag, there's not much to know about him. He hasn't been part of this yet, but he's going to be, whether he likes it or not. Uh, he's a big <laughs> guy, and uh, he's got a, I, I'd say big heart, but you'd have to like find that out for yourself. I don't know if it's big. Spark. They don't have hearts. They have sparks. Uh, well. <laughs> not, every, not everybody is, is up on the big. Transformers terminology like we are, Hanari. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not about, we, I, just as clarification, we tried to use units of measurement for the longest time when we were doing this off of- off We got of, confused because it's always different. Yeah, there are like, there are like 14 definitions for the term cycle in Transformers lore, ranging from anywhere from a few minutes to like weeks. So we're just going to use regular units of measurement for the most part here, unless it's for flavor text. Okay, so wait, I like, uh, wait. So how would you say, like, in a way, like, you know, like, this person has heart? Uh, you, I mean, a spark is, like, you know, the, the equivalent of the soul or the heart. Yeah, uh, a spark is pretty much equivalent. <laughs> but, like, not... I've heard not characters, like, heart. swindle, like, instead of saying son of a bitch, they say, like, spawn of a glitch. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. 
Like you, you don't have to be you don't have to be too accurate with the game. It's so okay. like it's okay. And if you you know if you pick it up like later on, that's fine. But you know we're good, like like I said, this is for role play purposes. The point is, is you're getting the message across. So don't Justin, like what dice am I gonna need? Um, that is a good question. Looking at your sheet. Well, today. Uh, today, um, probably D20, not much. D four, D six. Um, if um, that would probably, I would assume that's probably all you're gonna you're gonna need. But I don't know if there's gonna like depending on how long we go. I don't know if there's gonna be any actual combat today. True. I, I there shouldn't be any combat. If there's combat during this, I'd be very I, concerned. I I will say I will say Stag has has it's got a little action later on, but uh, I won't say what. Um, okay. But, but it will, like I said, it's not going to be very long. Uh, this, like I said, we we're probably just going to do the recap and get things set up for the next main arc, and then we'll plan for the next one. Hi. So. All right. I but, guess I uh, said enough. Uh, really, there's not much to say about Stag. Mm-hmm. You'll find out. We haven't yeah. met him yet. Yeah, we'll find out. You'll learn more about him as we get as we get started in his part in this story. So, yeah. um. Before we get fully into the story, uh, we'll give a a quick synopsis of where we got right before this uh, recap that we're getting ready to do. Um, <laughs> so, as uh, as Sonari stated, uh, Livewire has been working for brain uh, for Brainstorm for quite some time. Um, they and are very prowl. and prowl, uh, but unfortunately, most of the time, those uh, two two uh, objectives are often not the same. Um, and usually one conflicts with the other. Most of the time, Brainstorm's conflicting with Prowls. Uh, and most recently, uh, Brainstorm introduced uh, Livewire to Archive. Archive was a very simple little bot who is very intelligent, but has absolutely no experience really with the outside world because Archive was a monoformer drone that was modified by Brainstorm in some unknown way um, because Brainstorm is secretly part of a super intelligent Illuminati-like organization known as The Record. Which I am not surprised. (laughs) The Record is a super secret organization comprised of scientific minds and philosophers and basically all of these super geniuses who were working together to research things of questionable nature or that were considered unethical or beyond, you know, normal understanding and compiling their findings and putting them all into the secret network of data of data information that was accessible by a quote unquote archive unit. Well, at some point in time, uh, the record was attacked by unknown assailants. And they uh, were pretty much all but destroyed. Uh, There were a few remnants here and there, Brainstorm obviously being one of them. But as a backup plan, all of the data stored in the record was basically done, was sent away in a sort of a dead drop kind of backup plan to a mysterious location uh, chosen at, almost at random, and a random surviving member of the record was basically pinged and said, hey, all this stuff is here. Go pick it up. As a way to try to preserve it. Brainstorm was that lucky individual. 
And so he found all the data, but needed a place to put it. And he just so happened to have a spare archive unit with him. And so needing a, a good place to hide it, he's decided to hide it in plain sight. And he basically shoved all of this data inside of the brain of our little friend archive. And messed with him a little bit so that way he had a bit more personality and didn't stick out quite like the sore thumb that a completely mindless drone would. Uh, only problem was, is that when he did that, and he gave Archive a personality, that personality started to conflict and mess with the encryption on all of this information. And so now, all of that knowledge is now stuck inside of Archive's head, inaccessible to Brainstorm and to even Archive himself, other than some very weird moments where he has been... Uh, uh, basically engraving shell shocked shell shocked and engraving weird encrypted uh blueprints and schematics onto random objects uh and they've revealed some very strange things including like a, a spark casing the size of a city uh and uh and various giant transport ships uh seemingly for mysterious purposes and this has led Livewire and Archive to research these things, including investigating a rundown factory with Swindle. Almost, I getting, love Swindle, uh, but he's such a piece of shit. Almost getting eaten by a small army of Sharktacons led by a super intelligent one named Ragebite. Uh, it also involved them. Uh, what was the other? What was our other little adventure that we had? Tetrahex? Tetrahex, which is where we are now. Um, <laughs> Outside Tetrahex, because out Livewire uh, infiltrated Tetrahex while it was locked down in a civil war we'll, state. We'll get there. We want to keep that for our for our recap here. So, so, yeah, that's where we, we've left off, is there was, a, there was an incident in Tetrahex, and... That's where we'll start. We'll start off here. Just for a second, uh, uh, where we last left off, after everything had went had went down, um, are Livewire, we starting off like at the conversation? Oh, uh, we're starting right where we left off here at uh, where Lifewire had just gotten out of Tetrahex. Uh, without spoiling too much, Tetrahex uh, is is not fine. Um, it's uh. There's a particular building that has a giant hole sticking out of it. Uh, You're cutting from... out real badly. Hold on. Let's see here. I think on my end. Gabe, are you getting that too? Not too much. You're, you're not getting cutting out or you're, getting, or you're not hearing too much? I'm not, I, I'm not hearing too much. too much. Okay. Well, uh, I moved the mic a little bit closer, mm -hmm. so hopefully that will fix with that. Right. Um, it might just be me. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. But... Uh, yeah, so there's a giant hole in a in a in a building in Tetrahex for amongst other destroyed buildings and debris. Whoops. Um because there was a very violent uh almost civil war like state going on between a radical group of functionists uh and a couple of other rad uh radical groups from various uh from various movements were all vying for control of the city. And it only stopped until Livewire and Archive intervened. Uh, and they eventually eliminated the, the most dangerous uh, member and unified uh, both 
the other rogue uh, rogue element, as well as a small resistance movement from some citizens that were still stuck inside Tetrahex. Livewire turned into a gun. Livewire turned into a gun. Big gun. Uh, they also met Cyclonus. Cyclonus wasn't happy, and they they learned one. They did learn one important lesson while they were there, which is seems to be the motto of all members of uh, uh, denizens of Tetrahex, which is Tetrahex will fix itself. But we oh, don't think up. Livewire didn't catch what that crazy lady said at the end of her like whole villain spiel. She caught that. Mm. She caught that. But, but yeah, so where we are right now is that Livewire and Archive are now out of Tetrahex, and Livewire's it was like getting back into cell reception, and Livewire's phone just started fucking going off, and it was all like Perceptor and Brainstorm and Jazz and Prowl. The last th- last thing that the Livewire had received before we left off was Prowl very angrily. Uh, uh, saying to uh, to her is like I've had enough. You're under arrest. Yeah, that's fair. And at this point, um, the local security detail that has been around now, starting to move into Tetrahex now that things have calmed down, has moved into this little uh, fortification that Livewire was using to make this call. And they they aren't violent, but they do very firmly, you know, grab you. And they they move your arms behind your back and they secure them. They uh, they place a small little disc on your shoulder, which seems to disrupt the anti grav system that your spare arms have and disables Aww. them. I mean that's fair uh, too, but fine. Um, and they you know they're they're very swift, but they they see they you know they see that you aren't really resisting. Um. And they start moving away to a transport vehicle. Um, Bye, Archive! Don't do uh, anything stupid while I'm gone! Archive is nowhere to be seen. Um, oh. He, he seems to have, have vanished. Um, but, you, you know, you, you haven't gotten any sort of notification from your, from your communication systems or anything like that that would suggest that he's in danger or anything like that. He sends Jazz a message saying, hey, I'm getting arrested. Wish me luck. Um, there, there is typing, but you don't, uh, it kind of stops. Um, and then, yeah, more than likely he might be, uh, you probably assume that he's probably being watched uh, for communications right now, so he probably has just thought better about getting in, uh, getting involved. Um, yeah, that's also fair. So, <clears throat> at this point, you uh, you've been moved into this transport ship, and mm. it's rather uneventful. It's it's boring. Um, you have a couple of guards in there with uh, in there with you monitoring monitoring you, but you you're flown in relative boredom back to Ion where you are you you, there's no spectacle or anything like that they take you through the back way you're brought into the the icon defense building and brought into an interrogation room uh where you're sat uh you're sat on a stool uh with a a what looks to be something the closest equivalent to stainless steel it's just everything like the the walls the floor the table a stool, 
She knows this. She knows this. Yeah, She's like, know. oh, you're, this you're is familiar. an interrogation room. Yeah, this is an interrogation room. And over in the corner, um, you uh, you see the very unmistakable silhouette of Prowl seeming to observe all of the wonderful details that the corner seems to bring. Hi, Prowl! And he doesn't respond. I didn't expect him to. He doesn't respond at first. He he. You see his shoulders kind of tense, almost in irritation. And he, uh, then he kind of relaxes as he as he sighs. And he he turns around and he looks at you and what can only be described as the signature prowl scowl is on Ooh. his face. He is not happy. And okay, so like, I know I'm like in trouble, trouble, and but he, hold, he, he cuts you off by just holding up his hand. He, he, he doesn't say anything yet. And he's just looking at you. Mm-hmm. And he sighs one more time. She sits down in the chair and she just like stares at the table. <laughs> And he there was a chair, right? He there is it's a stool. It's not much of a chair as it is a as a very uncomfortable stool. Okay, well she sits in the stool and she like stares at the table. Mm-hmm. And he he braces his arms on the on the table for a moment as he as he tries to compose himself before standing to his full height. Please don't and, flip this on me. Like the table. Please don't flip the table well, on me. He he doesn't say anything, but you're you're fortunate enough that this is built into the floor, so there's no table flipping <laughs> in your future. Thank God. Uh, uh and so he just looks at you and he and he mm-hmm. says very quietly, uh, I'm going to ask this only once, Livewire. You can either answer me, and I'll consider your leniency, or you can stay quiet and suffer the full weight of the Senate's Judiciary Council. Now, what in the name of Primus were you doing sneaking a restricted combat zone? Uh, research? Don't give me that. No, it was research, I promise! Research for what? Um, I don't know. I I don't know, I'm sorry. You, you better figure out pretty quickly or we're going to have problems. Um, uh, okay. Oh, geez. I don't, I don't know. How, um, uh, brainstorm. Okay. So brainstorm was, I, I was, I mean, like it was a mission, but it was kind of like, uh, it was, um, a mission for what? Um, we're, we're looking, we, we were looking for something. But I, um, I wasn't 100% sure what we were looking for. I just had coordinates. And I was like, oh, that's okay. I could just go to the coordinates and pick it up. And then I realized that the coordinates were tetrahex. And then we couldn't get into tetrahex. So we found a way into tetrahex. And then we were running around. And we, like, there was fighting. Like, there was really bad fighting. And everyone was, like, it was, like, either they were made of really super fancy material. And I think they were functionists because, like, the, la- the crazy lady was a functionist. But. And then there was the other side of the people, the people that were like anti-vocation, 
sort of, kind of, but they were, like, wearing the dead body parts of people that had been killed and then using them, and that was really morbid, and then we went in, and people were fighting, and I set off an EMP, and then when I set off the EMP, a lot of people fainted, but people on the functionist side didn't faint, and then we walked around, and we found this guy named Cyclonus, and he was really cool, and he had a sword, and he saved us. Right, 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 right. <sighs> he just, he, he starts pacing back and forth, and you, you know, you see him gripping the, the bridge of his nose as he's only getting more irritated. And he, he he doesn't look at you. He just continues pacing as he keeps talking. He's like, you said you found coordinates. Where did yeah. you get them? Um, well, they, um, I mean, Archive was the one that, uh. Who is like, Archive? He was a friend that I made. Is this friend responsible for your little stunt? Um, you know, I don't know how to answer that. Um, yeah, yes and no, kind of. Um, you remember that big hole that I left in the ground? Like, the big one? Uh, how can I forget? They're still trying to repave the street. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Archive is this other um, bot mech guy that I became friends with, and he can turn into this backpack, and when he's on my back, he makes me better? I am, he, okay. So, oh. like... Uh, hmm. Stand up. Okay. And she and, stands up. And he he moves to your back, and he uh, he kind of just look, looks it over and he's like, you're saying that he combines with you. Well, no, he doesn't combine with me, but he like he sits on my back and he like merges men like mentally fuses with me. It's difficult to explain. It's just that when he's on my back, he's in my head. He's in your head. <laughs> I think there's a lot of things in your head, Lifewire. Yeah, I know, and I'm trying to get them all out, but it's really hard. That's not what I meant. Oh. So you, this companion of yours, where is he? I don't know. When I turned around, when I was being arrested, he was gone. Great. I'm sorry. And are you going to give me a description? Um, okay, so he's like, he's white. And he's, like, really skinny. He's also, like, my... He's a little bit smaller than me. Um, he has, like, what looks like a visor, but it's, like, only half a visor. And it's, like, round. And he he looks, like, super boring. I'm sorry. He looks super boring. Like, super boring. I can't really give you, like, any massive descriptors. Because um, he's just really, I guess, generic looking. But he's also really small. You just described about half of the lower class. I know, I'm sorry. <sighs> anyway. Okay, his, his helm is like cylinder round-ish. That doesn't help either. I'm so no, sorry. it doesn't. I'm sorry. Anyway, let's move on here. You said Brainstorm sent you here. Well, kinda. He asked me to go there, and I said yes. Yeah. You said you were picking something up. What were you supposed to be picking up? I don't know. That's why I said we just had the coordinates. So we just went. 
We didn't know what we were going to find, but we found a crazy lady. And apparently the crazy lady was a part of another thing, and then she blew up. She blew up? Kinda, yeah. Did she say anything? She, oh man, oh jeez, she did. She said, um, something about, like, uh, having, supposing to have more time, I think, and, like, they can't do this to me, and then she blew up. So what you're saying is, is that she was a bomb. She was a what? Um, I don't know if she was a bomb. She might have had a bomb in her. I think she was a bomb. And you're saying that she, that her and her followers seem to be just impervious to, to everything? Not everything. Well, not definitely not impervious to everything. Um, but when I, when I went in, um, when I went into Tetrahex, I uh, was actually accidentally popped up in the middle of like a battle of like a fight fight battle thing. And uh, I released an EMP because like, you know, that's something that I can do. And um, the people on the anti-vocational side, which have funny thing, they're not actually anti-vocational, but I'll get to that. Um, the people on that side, they fell. But the people that were on the functionist side who weren't really functionists either, I think, they didn't. They, they didn't do anything when I let off my EMP. And, like, I'm strong. You know how strong my electronic charges are. And it didn't do anything to them. So I don't know what they were, I guess, enhanced with or whatever that they were doing. But it was resistant to really, really powerful electrical shocks. And that kind of stuff doesn't really come very common to pretty much any middle or lower class or even some of the higher classes. Like, you're you're not impervious to my electronic shocks. Not like I'm going to do anything right now, but, like, these weren't normal mechs. They, they had weird enhancements that made them, like, not susceptible to what, I guess, regular kinds of attacks would be. And it's probably all really scientific. And if I go back, I can take samples and figure out exactly what they were doing but you're not gonna let me do that and that's fine but it was it was almost like that they were made to withstand anything hmm. and, and that was the people on the functionist side and he 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 he's listening but you you can tell that he's getting a little disinterested with every passing moment as you're trying to explain this stuff and he he stands over by you and he's he's kind of leaning over and he's like, you do realize how absolutely asinine this sounds, right? Yeah, but I have like proof and pictures. I have pictures. I um I I have pictures. And yeah. she sends she sends him through his calm, like the multitude of pictures that she took while she was in Tetrahex. And he including you know, the one of the crazy lady about to explode. Yeah, he you know, he does look at them and he's he's analyzing them and he kind of, you know, they're 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 kind of in holographic form in front of his face and he's kind of like swiping them uh, swiping them around as he looks between looks between all of them and he's he's like Well I appreciate that you were able to document some of the things going on inside of Tetrahex, this doesn't prove your story. Well, then get someone that was on their side. I mean, there should be, I mean, I don't know if they cleared out or anything, but there should still be people there. Like There were. Hmm. And most of them 
either off themselves or they're in a vegetative state. But they weren't like that when I was there. And they didn't look like they would have done that to them when I was there. When I went to their town first and they were very hospitable. They were nice. There was like normal mechs walking around. But all the people that had like the armor on and stuff like that, they were just impervious. But it, it didn't seem like they were the kind of people to do that. It seemed like they would be trying to anything at all to get their way or 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 survive or or whatever. It shouldn't have been like that. Well, regardless of what they were before, that's what they are now. What it sounds like to me, Livewire, is that you allowed yourself to once again be swept up into Brainstorm's machinations. Hey! And he sent you on some crazy escapade for his own ends. Well, I mean, he asked, and I said yes. He didn't send me. He asked, and you used your credentials and yours, uh, your expertise as being a member of the Iacon Defense Force to break the law. But he didn't, he didn't force me to do it. He didn't. Like, he didn't send me out there so that I could break the law and lose my job and get in trouble. That just, makes it worse, Livewire. We were just looking for answers! We just wanted to know what was going on. Not with Tetrahex, but with everything. There's, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, Prowl. Like, there's so much stuff going on, and I've and been running around- And yet you can't and... seem to explain any of it to me. Well, there's a lot of things that I can't explain. Like, the underground market is developing a kind of goo that's brainwashing Sharktacons into being mind-slave zombies. And that the people in Tetrahex that were have supposed that to on be you? What? Great, do you have that? Do you have evidence of that claim? Yes, I do! I gave the two tubes of the weird stuff that I collected to Brainstorm. Well, then I, I also took that. pictures of that, too! And she sends him the pictures that she took while she was underneath the conveyor belt. He looks at the at the images you you described to him, and he's just like he just kind of frowns at it. He's like, "This just looks like cosmetically enhanced energon." No, it's not. They became like zombies, and they chase after us and kill us, and they were like foaming at the mouth. And he just he just kind of frowns at it, and he's he lets out a an incredibly long sigh. He's just. <sighs> This is the breaking point, Livewire. You've crossed the line too far this time, and now I should be building a case for the council to pass judgment on you. Mm. Fortunately for you, Perceptor mm. and an anonymous witness both have interceded on your behalf. Oh. While you may have broken the law, caused massive damage to the city, and put the innocent lives of many citizens in danger, <clears throat> you did bring the conflict to an end and neutralize the dangerous terrorist. So I'm going to offer you a deal. You accept a lengthy suspension, and you submit to an inhibitor chip that will disable your weapon systems and your defense force credentials. But I'm a, but I'm a weapon! That means I won't be able to transform at all! If you accept this, there will be no prison time no criminal charges, and and you can re-enter the forest after your 
suspension is over and you finish a remedial training program. How long is the suspension going to be? That is to be determined. Uh. Or you can take your story to the Senate and attempt to convince them that your actions and intent were necessary. I'm sure Proteus will have a big laugh at your expense before the council makes its verdict. Uh. You're not going to get a better deal than this, Livewire. I don't like the Senate. I didn't ask if you liked them. Uh, I mean, I really don't have any other choices. Oh, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't doing it to be a criminal. I was just doing it to find out what was going on. That may be the case, but you still broke the law. And we have to set an example for that. You have to consider the wor- the the worst case scenario here. They could have just thrown you in the gladiator pit and been done with it. Uh, uh, can I, jeez, uh, can I talk to Perceptor? Not until you make your decision. Uh. Because if you choose not to accept these terms, you go to the next step, and that's like put you in max. Uh. <sighs> because without this deal, Livewire, I don't know if you understand this. But you're a war criminal. I mean, I wasn't really well liked before. It's not like it's gonna make it any better. Okay, fine. I'll take the deal. It's not like I have any other choice. And he nods his head. And he doesn't say much after that. And so he he steps out. And you're left alone with your thoughts for a little bit. uh, Until until you come back and you see a, uh, a medic come in they have a, a small uh a small device with them along with a uh what appears to be a small little like rectangular uh box uh not too big uh probably uh could fit inside of your palm is prowl there again prowl is there he's observing he doesn't say anything um i have a question before you put this on me um my ability to transform and let off and, and do all the stuff that I do pr- kind of prevents me from dying? Like, you know about my charge thing, right? If I build too much, I could, like, short-circuit my brain? He he nods and he says, Because your the nature of your alt mode is Brainstorm's design, Brainstorm was generous enough to help modify this chip, so that way it will allow you to keep your charge in balance without having the need to transform or let off any extra projectiles. You'll simply be able to use your recharge slab to keep yourself at baseline. Man, why couldn't he make something like this for me ages ago? Because this one has to be constantly in contact with you for it to work. Oh, okay. And I guess, and, yeah, she just lets them put the thing on her. What, yeah, like, so, so the me- so the the medic comes over and um, gestures for you to uh, to lean forward, and uh, very gently uh, places a a hand on your back as he pl- as they uh, position this chip um, at the uh, at the base of your neck, um, and you feel them, you know, begin to. Uh, to uh, use what you can only assume is a small like welding tool that probably popped out of one of their fingers to, uh, mm. to attach this to your body. 
Um, and it's the, the installation isn't painful, um, but you can feel it restricting your systems. Uh, it kind of feels like a, there's like a pressure around your neck and shoulders, like somebody's constantly squeezing on them just a little too hard. Oh, she hates it. She hates uh, it immediately. Uh, and with that, they, uh, it's done. And yeah, another, uh, another, the medic leaves and one of the other officers that led you and came in, they, uh, they, but, uh, they, they undo your restraints, um, and they remove the other little disc that they put on you and it allows your arms to, uh, to come back online. Um, but you can definitely tell that like, uh, if you attempt to like switch them, they just don't, it just doesn't work. Like the, the trying like to that, swap it, trying to swap it into like swap them into gun mode. It just doesn't happen. Like that episode where Bumblebee got his T-Cog stolen in prime where he just tries to transform and like it moves a little bit. Nothing happens. Yeah. Like you might feel it twitch. Like, but it's like, you know, it's the equivalent of like, uh, you know, a car's ignition just clicking dead. Like it just, nothing happens. Okay. Um, and so they, they start to lead you outside. Prowl, you know, is following close behind. Um, and you get outside and everything, you know, you're out to Nyakon now and, you know, everything seems normal. Dungeon Formers Roleplay in Disguise is produced by Justin Abel, Hanari Solomon, and Gabriel Sullivan, with outro track provided by Starset.